Hallelujah. 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 Father, thank you for your grace and for your mercy. Thank you. According to your word, Lord, you're here with us. So thank you, Lord, for being with us. Now, even now. Lord, as we continue in this service, Lord, I pray that every bit of it has everything to do with You. Lord God, in front of them I ask, Lord, for Your divine utterance. Lord, that everything that is spoken from this pulpit would be of You. Lord, we need truth. In this world that's controlled by the prince and the power of the air, the spirit of darkness, Lord, please, because of what You impart to us this morning, Lord, help us to be salt and light in this cruel, dark place. But Lord, thank You. Thank You for the victory that You've given us. Thank You for Your truth that will be imparted to our children. Thank You, Lord, for all of the inheritance that You've given us. And the main thing, Lord, You are our prize. Lord, we look forward to the day when we can be with You. Lord, streets of gold mean nothing to us. Seeing You face to face is everything. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. amen. You may be seated. My brothers and sisters, I'm going to start with a, <laughs> with a, a Scripture, and I'll give you a reason in a moment that's so near and dear to a lot of us, certainly to me and certainly to my grandkids or anybody, any of my friends that I text back and forth with. Most of the time I sign with that arm. If you'll remember, it was oh, in October of 22. We, went, we preached a series and it was called Contending for the Faith. And uh, the main uh, line or the main scripture would be Jude 3. Dear friends, I was busily at work writing to you about the salvation we share when I found it necessary to write urging you to keep contending earnestly for the faith. And if you remember, I had that, you know, and I almost showed it to you today. It was just a copy of the guns. But if you remember, so with my grandchildren, whenever I'm texting them back and forth, I'll end the message with that. Keep contending for the faith, my friends, minister friends. Keep contending, and that's my signature. My brothers and sisters, I found myself in the same position. The message was going to be on something different, but then because of circumstances and situations and so many folks that I've come in contact during the week and prayer requests and, and the ministry, my brothers and sisters, we're in a fight. And I know that you know that. But I want to, uh, by the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, encourage us because we're in, in, this, in the midst of this battle. And if some, some of you may be like me. I, I, don't, I get frustrated. Um, and I want things. I want my, all my grandchildren and all my children and all your children. and all, I want them safe now. I want, I want to see them be young men and young women after their own hearts now. I, I, want, you know, I, want, I want this church to be filled with uh, holy warriors for God now. A- amen? It doesn't happen that way. Amen? And, and part of it is because of us, because of me, because of, of we, because of the church. But uh, not to beat anybody up, but I want to encourage and I want to... Uh, I, I really believe that the Lord has something for us today and certainly for me. Amen. So let me begin in 1 Timothy um, chapter 6, uh, verse 11. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. So much I wanted to encourage us to continue to fight and to be, you know, to contend for the faith, sure, but always be mindful that we're in this battle and we can't get comfortable. Nor should we, do, nor should we look at the comforts of this life and make those things our goal or judge how we're doing according to, you know, how comfortable we are. Amen. Amen? Amen. My brothers and sisters, because of different. Different theologies, uh, different words being taught and preached. People can become confused. But my brothers and sisters, 
let it be known, it's not all doom and gloom. So I'm not here just to tell you that and remind you, and even though Jesus did say, in this world you'll have tr trouble, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Yes, that's the truth. You need to know that it's not going to be sunshine and lollipops, but that you're in a battle. We are in a battle. We are in a battle. And my brothers and sisters, if you're comfortable, that means that you're not engaged in the fight. And if you're not engaged in the fight, my brothers and sisters, what's wrong? Amen? So, we know. So now let's go back. I'm going to go to kind of where we were. And for those of us who've been studying Corinthians, 2 Corinthians together, some of this is going to be um, a little bit familiar to you. So I'm going to begin reading in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Some of it will be on the board. First, it won't. Now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent and bold toward you, but I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with that confidence which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Again, my brothers and sisters, those of you who have been with us studying in the adult Bible study, I know this is repetitive, but please hear me out. This, this letter is the second letter, probably the third letter actually, but the second that's in our uh, written word of God. My brothers and sisters, this is the apostle, the one who founded that church, the one who has, ha, is, is writing to a church where his heart is breaking for. He's having to correct them. He's having to tell them what the, you know, the things that are being wrong. He, there, are, there are many um, false teachers. There are many teachings. There are many things that are being taught in that church as a result of the culture. They're, they're, they're being influenced by the culture, by other religions, by, by commerce, by so many things that they're being, they're being uh, this church is being influenced instead of the church influencing the culture. My brothers and sisters, again, speaks to us. Here we are right now in that same predicament, in that same situation. The church has been, has been, and continues to be influenced by the culture. So my brothers and sisters, he's saying to them, as you'll know, you know, he's writing strong letters to them, and they say, well, when, you know, when you're around his, all of his detractors, all of these false teachers who are trying to demean Paul, they criticize him when he's not around. Oh, yeah, see, he writes a strong letter, but when he's around, he's not going to talk like that. Well, he's saying, listen, when I come back, I don't want to have to talk like that, but I will. But see, you guys are looking at fleshly things. See, you, you, you want me to come over there and think, you know, I'm going to put up my dukes or I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to do, do what you guys do. Use, um, you, uh, I'm going to use you know, fancy words or I'm going to use rhetoric to try and change minds and change hearts and, and influence people when all I have is the truth what, what? and spiritual strength. Amen. So this is what he says. So now look at, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war. See that word war? We do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Amen. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. My brothers and sisters, what a mouthful. But again, those of us who've been studying on Wednesday, we man, I'm excited, can you tell? Those of us who've been studying this, we understand what this is saying. Listen, my brothers and sisters, these strongholds, these strongholds, they all begin with thoughts. Amen. They all begin in the mind. And so this stronghold, what is a stronghold? When, when we taught this, when we studied this together a few weeks back, this, I think it was a few weeks back, whatever it was, I used the example of King David when King David came up against one of the enemies. And, and I think it was the Jebusites. If I'm wrong, please forgive me, but I think it was Jebusites. And the Jebusites were mocking because they had their, their uh, country, their town was surrounded by great walls, strongholds. They had this stronghold and they were so confident in their stronghold they put the maimed, the blind and they put their, all, the, all of the folks that were, were maimed and say, see, we're even going to put them up there. You can't break our stronghold. You're not coming in, David. We're going to put our blind people. We're going to put our, our handicapped people. We don't even, we're not even worried about you. So David, sa David said, whoever gets up that pipe, whoever gets in there and gets up that pipe and start, you're gonna, I'm going to make you a captain of many. They broke the stronghold. My brothers and sisters, that's, that's, that's what happens. Our enemy sets up these strongholds and there are so many strongholds that are in our lives. And it could be many things, and we'll go through a few of them, but they, they, they all develop from improper thinking. 
Now, I don't want to sound like a Christian psychologist here, and I certainly don't want to sound like a secular psychologist, but, but the truth be, be told, it could be some bad doctrine from our past, right? We, we, could have gone, we could have grown up in church and we could have been told some things and you know they kind of stuck with us. It could have been a bad situation in our homes. I mean, there, there, there could be many reasons why we think what we think. But now, my brothers and sisters, the Scripture tells us now that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So, so we're going to learn truth regardless of our past, regardless of what to, who told us what back there, regardless of what we're carrying with us. Hey, look at, watch. We are to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. That's what the Scripture tells us. And we can only do that by His Word and by His Spirit. Amen? It says, they will know the truth. This is what he said. Jesus said, they will know the truth. My disciples, they will know the truth and the truth will make them free. Free of what? Free from all of these strongholds of the enemy. Right? Free from the law of sin and death. Free from the bondage, from the liar. Jesus called him out right when he was on earth. He told the, he told the Pharisees, he says, you, know, you are, are, are following your father the liar, the devil, he was a liar from the beginning. There's no truth in him. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. He's a manipulator. And my brothers and sisters, he will have you to believe things that, you know, just because of your past was this, just because it doesn't look good out there, that my brothers and sisters, this isn't real. Jesus doesn't love you as much as this Bible says or as much as Pastor Tony says. Oh, oh, no, you can never go but this high. You can never have these promises that God has promised you. No, he is a liar. We have to break these strongholds and, and it's all about thinking. So there are other strongholds. I'm going to just go through them real quick, uh, my brothers and sisters, because the reason why, I want to get to the main ones, the main ones, but I, I, but I don't want to, it, I think it's just important that we go over some things because as I expressed when we were studying this together, unforgiveness and bitterness are strongholds. Again, they start with bad thinking. Someone did you wrong. Right? And it's hard for you. Now you say, well, I've forgiven them. But whenever you see that person or every once in a while when you get into that mood or you're just tired, you're overworked, that happens. You get fatigued. You're not taking care of yourself properly. The enemy comes along and ministers something a little bit to you. And my brothers and sisters, that's a stronghold. You have to forgive. If you forgive men, Matthew 6, if you forgive men their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will the Heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. Ephesians, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. My brothers and sisters, listen. If anyone, if anyone had the right to hold our sins, our trespasses against us, it would be God. And how about this? I've become born again, and I know, but I still have made mistakes. But my brothers and sisters, here's what the Scripture tells me in 1 John. If Listen, if I confess my sin, He is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. He forgives me. But my brothers and sisters, He's not a fool either. So my brothers and sisters, look at this. So who am I to hold someone else's sins or trespasses against them? Right? Ephesians also in chapter 4, 32. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Yes. See, my brothers and sisters, listen, we have the mind of Christ. We have the Spirit of Christ inside of us. So why in the world, my brothers and sisters, will I let bitterness, unforgiveness, be a stronghold in my life? Are you, are you with me? And so whenever the devil wants to shake me just a little bit, He'll remind me of that person or that wrong done to me. Come on. Hallelujah. How about worry and anxiety? Here's some strongholds. Now, is there anybody in here who uh, is constantly concerned with their children or grandchildren or It's going to make you act or think or do things differently. That is a stronghold of the enemy if you dwell upon it, if you don't give it to God. Come on. Oh, 
I, let, let me tell you something. Honestly, I've said this before. Many of you, I mean, I'm just confessing. That's one of the toughest things throughout my whole life. Is, is just wholly trusting God with my children, my grandchildren, and all of those loved ones. Even with you. With totally trusting God with you. It's hard. It's tough for me because I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm the type A. I've got to fix it. And I'll be honest with you. I, I've, I've, I said this and Michelle can testify. If she doesn't, she's lying. I'm just kidding. But listen, but here's the thing. Uh, you know, so many times people will come to me with all of their problems and they expect me to solve them right on the spot. And so I walk away thinking, oh my gosh, now their problems have become my problems. I've got my own problems, but now I've got to try to solve their problems. And if I don't solve their problems, then they're, gonna, they're going to another church or, uh, you know, I, I've let them down. And now I feel even worse. Come on. Anxiety, worry, stress, tension. These are strongholds of the devil, my brothers and sisters. How about financial things? How about your health issues? All of these things, my brothers and sisters, are strongholds of the devil. Listen, Philippians 4, beginning of verse 6. Be anxious for what? Nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be, made, lips, be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses understanding will guard your hearts and minds. Listen, through Christ Jesus. Did you hear that? That is the answer. That's the total answer. Be anxious for nothing, but, by all, but in all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Come. So, so listen what the Scripture is saying to us right there. So that stronghold, if I can, listen, if I can make my prayer and supplication with thanks, not grumbling or complaining, not, not oh, uh, no, okay, I'm giving it to you, God, and I'm thanking you in advance. I know you're hearing me, Lord, and I know. So now, let this peace... Wash over me. Now, I'm going to stand here and tell you that. And I'm going to stand here and tell you that that's true. But I'm also going to confess to you I'm not the best at that all the time. I want to be the best at that. I want to be better than you at that. Come on. I'm just speaking truth out here. My brothers and sisters, I need that. And guess what? I need it. He knew I needed it. He provided it. He provided it. So if I'm not, listen, if I'm not enjoying that, I know whose fault it's not. Come on. So pray for me. Pray for one another. Right? Hallelujah. I'm going to leave it there. I've got more scriptures in that department. I want to move forward. So now we're going to jump ahead to uh, some more scripture that we've been into over the last few weeks. In Hebrews chapter 10, um, in verse 26, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth. Do you see that? The knowledge of the truth. There no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fire indignation, which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who, has reject, anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Verse 29 with me. How, of how much worse punishment do you suppose he will be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? Are you, that's a mouthful, isn't it? But you see what that's saying. Okay, I, I, I want to emphasize here. Knowledge of the truth. Knowledge of the truth. See, that's the key to everything. That's the key to everything. We break down strongholds. We break down strongholds are broken when we understand or acknowledge the truth. Again, it doesn't matter what the enemy says. It doesn't matter what those people say. It doesn't, nothing matters. It matters what God says. So listen, I have this knowledge of the truth that has to get down on the inside of me. And then I have this experience. My words are spirit and they are truth. I have this experience now with God. I have this communion with God. So now, my brothers and sisters, the enemy's strongholds are broken because even though the enemy may tell me this, tell me that, I know something different. Amen. How do I know? He told me. Amen? Amen? Amen. So, so again, you know, now the stronghold, but, but here's the thing, my brothers and sisters, in this, in this we see something else, another stronghold that the enemy uses. And it's no different than anything else, actually. 
if we willfully sin after we know the truth, we know we shouldn't do it, but we do it anyway. Pop Pop told me not to do this. No, Pastor Tony said, or my mother, my grandma, whoever. But, but how about this? They confirmed a word to me. It's not because Pastor Tony said so. It's not because Pop Pop or Dad or whoever. It's not because Mom said it. It's not because Grandma said it. It's because it came out of here. And I know that. So now I know that. Now I'm responsible for it. So the minute I start crossing the line, now I'm, I'm, the enemy is setting up a stronghold. So whenever I go ahead say, you know what? Uh, what a great church service. Man, I feel, have, you ever, have you ever left one of these church services? I leave all the time thinking, wow! Then I go home and I say, man, I should have said this. Did I say that? But, but, but are, you, are you with me? Have you ever been, maybe not here, maybe someplace else, you heard the Word of God, you heard a church service, or you went to praise and worship service. Uh, last night we happened to go to um, Winter Jam with the kids, and um, that one song gets me all the time, I Rise My Love. Um, who, who does that, Michelle? New song, Arise My Love. They sing that song. It just tears me up. I mean, it's just awesome. I'm having some serious alone time with God in the middle of thousands of people. But because, my brothers and sisters, there's, there's, there's this connection by Holy Spirit in the truth about the risen Jesus. Arise, my love. The grave couldn't hold you down. My brothers and sisters, man, there's something happening there. Right? But now, you've had those experiences. Many in this room, many watching, you've had those experiences. But then you go right out and you have the opportunity to go after the lust of the flesh. You take, guys, you take that second look at those yoga pants. I'm just speaking truth. Come on. Or you pad your time card at work. Or whatever the case may be. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? Which seems rather innocuous. In the moment, it's not that big of a deal. And, you know, I'll say I'm sorry to God. But my brothers and sisters, when we start indulging in these things, even when we know differently, that becomes a stronghold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we have the truth. And that's the whole... Could you put that back up for me? The knowledge of the truth. That's everything. We know better. Our own flesh, our own human intellect should not convince us otherwise. We know what thus saith the Lord. So regardless of what makes human sense, regardless of whether it makes, uh, in, in the natural it's logical, it doesn't matter whether it's logical, Spock. What matters is it is the Word of God. Amen? And He has final say-so over everything. I don't listen. I care about science. In fact, science is part of my job. Soil science, biological science, it's part, it's part of my job. But my brothers and sisters, listen. Here's what I do know: I have a God, and there have been many times when I did everything that I knew how to do scientifically. Soil science, putting the right additives, putting the make, making the right moves according to science. When all, and, and I knew that my job, my outcome is depending on something. So I couldn't trust science, and I rode around. Oh, get out of here! I rode around that golf course seven times, praying to God to make sure that the outcome was according to what He had in mind for me. Hallelujah. Not for that, not for those that, that microbacteria in the soil. Does it matter? Yeah, it matters. But what matters most is what thus saith the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It, defi- it, it defies all logic. When Michelle and I should not have had our first house, I I did a. Jericho walk around that. My mother can testify. My wife can testify. I walked around that property seven times. In the name of Jesus, I'm claiming this in the name of Jesus. We had nothing. I shouldn't have got that property. But I claimed it. And I could see the neighbor, the neighbors kind of peeking out. I had the Bible in my hand. And, I'm, and I could, they're looking and they're trying to hide every time. Guess what? The house was ours. Why? Because it doesn't matter what they say. What it looks like. What matters is what thus saith the Lord. When my son had a deformed hip, the doctor said. It didn't matter. What does God say? God has the final say-so. And there He sits. 
has healthy kids himself now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, my brothers and sisters, let me go before I totally take all your day. <laughs> In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, again, and all the one that's near, near and dear to us, those of us who've been studying together, but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. My brothers and sisters, here's the problem. See, the church is supposed to be the pillar and ground of the truth. Okay? So, look, I was debating whether I should, should share something with you. Uh, go ahead and put that next slide up, please. This caught my eye this week. Now, it's, did I give you the uh, article? There we go. Praise God. Some of you may have seen this. This is... This is John Hopkins. John Hopkins Hospital Chief Diversity Officer uploaded an, update, an updated uh, de description of diversity as the word of the month. It said, Privilege is a set of unlearned benefits given to people who are in a specific social group. Privilege operates on personal, interpersonal, cultural, and institutional levels, and it provides advantages and favors to members of dominant groups at the expense of members of other groups. The Maryland-based hospital identified... Now, here's, here's... Here, I don't... Listen. I don't want anybody to get upset. I'm... Just go with it. Here's the, here's the groups, the, the, the groups that are privileged that they, they identify. White people. Able-bodied people. Heterosexuals, cisgender. I had to look that one up. I don't even know what that is. You know what cisgender is? That means that you identify with the uh, gender that you were given at birth. So I'm thinking, okay, hmm. here's where we are, my brothers and sisters. That is, a, that is a privileged group because on your birth certificate, it says male and you identify as a male or vice versa. You're a privileged group now. So right now, we know that in a lot of municipalities, a lot of states, and so on and so forth, they're not putting gender on birth certificates anymore. Okay, so here's the thing. I, I was thinking about this this morning as I'm, as I'm really mulling over, well, should I show this in church or not? I mean, I, I don't want to be controversial. I don't want to be looked at as being political. But my brothers and sisters, this has to be addressed. And I want to just give you my heart. Because the church has stayed out of these issues all of these years, that's why we're here. Because we let the culture infect the church. And the church was totally innocuous as it related to the culture. We lost our influence over the culture because we just stayed in our four walls. Oh, we did some charity things and we did the things to show up and, and make a good show and all this other stuff. But the tough stuff, stopping abortion, the tough stuff, standing up against those things that fly in the face of our God, those things that made this particular country the bastion of freedom that it always has been till now. Cisgender. So I'm thinking... You know, what, what does that mean? So, so does the doctor may have any say-so? Maybe the doctor say, oh, hey, you know what? There are too many females born today. Let's call this one a male. <laughs> no, as silly as that sounds, doesn't that sound so silly? Yes, but, but that's where we are. So that's part of a privileged people. Heter heterosexual, cisgender, males, Christians. Did you see that? Christians. Middle or owning class people. So that means this. If you're a middle class person, there's, I think that we have a lot of middle class people in here, but I do know this, that we have a lot of working people in here. And a lot of people in here that are your, your, you don't rent, you don't lease, you own your own home. You own your own vehicle. You own, you own stuff. You own property. You're privileged. See, here's the thing. It doesn't matter that you worked your behind off for that. It doesn't matter that maybe mom and dad both have jobs and have sacrificed and are working very hard, put money in the bank, saved it, didn't take anything from anybody, just worked hard and they earned it. Now you're privileged. See, and here's the, the premise is that you don't even know that. Let me continue. Middle-aged people. 
So I'm not middle, I'm not there anymore, so I'm not as privileged. I still got some of those. I still check the box on some of those, but unless I'm going to be living to 126, I'm not middle-aged anymore. My brothers and sisters, do you see how ridiculous this is? But this is serious. This is John Hopkins University. English-speaking people. Buenos dias, señores y señoritas. Are you kidding me? Privilege is characteristically invisible to people who have it. See, you have the disease, but you don't know it. <laughs> that means you can't be cured because you don't even know you have it. Okay? People in dominant groups often believe that they have earned the privileges they enjoy or that everyone could have access to these privileges if only they work to earn them. Let me pause there. I do happen to believe that to a great degree. To a great degree. Do I think there still is discrimination in this country? Yes. Do I think there was bad discrimination back then? But let me just explain something to you. Even though the discrimination was far worse back there, there were still people who excelled. People of color, people of different national origins, women. There were even people who excelled, who broke barriers and didn't let those things stop them. My brothers and sisters, how many um, different nationalities do we have to have in offices of high power before this goes away? The people, let me ask you this, the people who already have, are women or minorities or whatever, uh, that have earned high degrees, high levels, have achieved greatly, how did they do it? Terry, I'm just, Terry, please uh, forgive me. Uh, We celebrated with Terry. He got a promotion at his job. You know how Terry got a promotion at his job? Worked hard. He earned it. Terry happens to be African American. Stop. My brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, this is craziness, but this, my brothers and sisters, this is what is, is happening in the culture. These become strongholds. Why? Because now the kids believe that. Do you know all of these young people that are marching against Israel for Hamas, for murderers? It's because they view the Hamas folks as being the minority. And they believe the other folks as being the privileged. That's what this is. This becomes a stronghold. But now I want to be honest with you. Conversely, I can't swing the other way, which I have find myself going the other way. Darn it! Shut it all down! I can't do that. I have to tell the truth in love. See, I can't let that become a stronghold now to me and react and put up walls and just quit. Come on. See, you won't let me. We have different ages in here, different races, different national origins. Come on. You won't let me. And I won't let you. We have to stay together. I'm just going to tell you, everybody in here, I think, fits one of these. So you have the disease. I'm just... I can't, I don't know what to say to you. In fact, privileges are unearned and they are granted to people in the dominant groups whether they want those privileges or not and regardless of their stated intent. So just because I'm a white man in the United States, I have that little house that I have in um, whatever we call that place uh, in San Antonio. And, uh, you know, when I was talking to you earlier about praying and doing the Jericho March, I had, me and Michelle had everything we had plus we had to put sweat equity in order to swing the deal with the owner. I'm going to tell you firsthand, just like a lot of you, I'm no exception in this room, just like a lot of you, me and Michelle, I even have a picture of my son with a broom sweeping the floor. He was about two, three years old. He's sweeping the floor. We worked just like you. And then we're going to have these pinheaded liars tell us that the only reason why you have what you have is because you're privileged. Mm. See, this is, my, this is what's tearing down, and yes. all of that flies in the face of, of the golden rule. Yes. What does God say? You don't work, you don't eat. Amen. 
See, now look, that sounds cruel, doesn't it? But he also says to help. Right? And he's not saying enable that. He's saying help them. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 So, man, my brothers and sisters, I don't want stuff like this infecting you, me, but most of all, our children, because that's who this is designed to affect. And they're waiting for the middle-aged and the older to die off so that now they can have what they want. Hallelujah. Now, who's they? (laughs) The truly privileged. No, but, but, but Luke got it right, Satan. But now I want to tell you that all of the, like most of the folks that have, that have the power and have the money, the major corporations and the power and the money, now this sounds awfully conspiratorial, but it's not. I mean, if you just look at who's doing what. But my brothers and sisters, they just think by virtue of what they have, where they are, that they know better. And that's exactly like I've been telling you the Tower of Babel. And so Luke was right. Really, the enemy of our soul, right? Remember where we started. There's the prince and the power of the air. And he's using people like that to control his realm. He can't do it outside of bodies. He has to to have bodies. Why? Because God gave us dominion, even though Adam gave it to them, but Adam gave it to him so that, listen, my brothers and sisters, that we didn't walk and talk with God anymore, that Adam allowed Satan influence to affect this globe, to affect this earth. And so now we have Satan, who can't do it without a body, infecting people so that he gets to rule and reign and God doesn't. I got news for him. He's going to lose. His time is up. He's going to lose. He's going to lose. And my brothers and sisters, we can't, we, us, we, we cannot allow these strongholds to take hold on us or our children in our church or churches that we have communion with. That's why I say the things that I say. And that's why I I, I just got to keep telling the truth. My brothers and sisters, watch. Breaking strongholds, that attachment. In Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, when I say this, you're going you're gonna to know it immediately. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You remember that one? Yes. But listen to the rest of it. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. Oh, wow. Whew. Thank God that's the Old Testament. Thank God that's the Old Testament. So, yeah, I know that some of you are smirking, and some of you know. Let me just remind you New Testament believers, and anybody who's watching, you just tuned in, don't know if I should watch this guy, he's kind of crazy. But let me just remind you, New Testament believers, of what it says in the New Testament. 1 Peter 2, 4-5. Coming to him as living stones, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. We are called to be His holy priesthood. Is that, is that tracking? To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Also in 1 Peter, in verse 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And one more, in Revelation, Jesus Christ, Revelation chapter 1, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God his Father. And to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So, so is that tracking? My brothers and sisters, yeah, that was a New Testament. That was, that was Hosea in the, New, in the Old Testament, excuse me, and, 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 and making that proclamation. The lack, my people perish. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. But listen, how many of us reject knowledge? How many of us know it, but it doesn't line up with the season that we are in our life and we reject it? Or it's going to be too hard for me to perform that in my life? whether we're raising kids and we have to hold kids to a certain standard, whether it be a dress code, whether it be the language that comes out of our mouth, whatever it could be. 
Oh, then there's no. There's if there's if I keep doing that, if I keep home, there's not going to be any peace in my house. I'm not going to. Uh, they're going to run, run away from home and all that. No, do something else. You don't have to crack them over the head with the Bible. But my brothers and sisters, you know things. Practice them first. Let your kids see it. My brothers and sisters, this is so, it's it's so simple. The simplicity that's in Christ. Isn't that what we read in 2 Corinthians? This simplicity that's in Christ because of all of these other teachings, because of all of, all of the other bells and whistles and all the frills and, and all of this other stuff. And you know what? Maybe there's even some, some spiritual uh, laws or something. There are, I'm hearing, I've shared this with you uh, many times before, but again, I'm hearing more and more of Christians who now are refusing to eat certain things be, for religious reasons. I'm thinking, okay, again... If you don't want to eat it because you want to be healthy or you're, you're, whatever that is, that's, that's fine. You eat, don't eat, right? But my brother and sister, if you think that that somehow pleases God more or makes you more holy, then you better read James because James says if you're guilty of one, you're guilty of all. So that means you better be slaying that lamb in the backyard and spilling his blood. See, that's what it says. So you, 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 you got to look at all of it, Right? So look, the lack of knowledge, you rejected it. I will, I, listen, when God says this, and I'd like to, to whitewash this as much as I can, because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. I don't know how to whitewash that. Well, he said it to them, Tony. He didn't mean it for us. My brothers and sisters, uh, let me just say this. If I reject knowledge, if, if I know better, but I'm doing something totally different what do you think the outcome is going to be for my kids? Just by the environment. Just by the environment. Are, are you with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, but I want to break these strongholds. So one of the, the ways that we break the stronghold is knowing the truth. They shall know the truth. The truth will make them free. we got to know the truth. We have to know it. See, we can't, my brothers and sisters, just read daily devotionals. Oh, I'm, I'm reading. So some of these devotionals are awesome, especially from some authors who you know, are, I, I respect highly. Good uh, Bible scholars, good you know, sound teachers and stuff like that. That's great. But my brothers and sisters, if you're depending on someone else's devotional, that's their teaching. That's what God has revealed to them. That's all well and good, and it could be a good supplement to... But my brothers and sisters, you have to walk through the Bible. Walk through this Bible with God yourself. Walk, walk through this Word of God and, and God, teach me. God, I, I, I want to know you. I want to know you more. God, I want to know this truth that Tony's all upset about. I want to know it. Make it real to me. I don't want any... God, sir, are there any strongholds in my life, Lord? I want them to be broken, so I need to know your truth. I need to know it, Lord. Teach me your truth. Is that a silly thing to say to God? No. Read the Psalms. Read King David, what he wrote, a lot of the things that he wrote. And, and it's begging God for stuff like that. And he was a man after God's own heart. Imagine that. Hallelujah. Knowing the truth. So it behooves us, me, I mean, it, it, you know, it's a, I got the 800-pound gorilla in my back. I have to speak the truth. My brothers and sisters, again, I'm not going to stay here long, but I have to tell you that you know, for the last however many years, we've compromised the truth and we've been less of an effect on the culture and the culture as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I mentioned earlier that we went to um, uh, Winter Jam with the kids. And I'll be honest with you. <clears throat> I'm, I don't... Some of it is because my age. I understand that. I hate rap music. You know, there's some rap I can listen to here and there if it's kind of mild and I can understand what the heck they're saying. But a lot of the stuff, I can't understand what they're saying. So there's, there was one guy up there who is very famous, I guess, and the kids love him. He's a rap singer. He carried himself pretty well, and he had some good things to say during the Q&A, so that's fine. There was another band up there that was this holy heavy metal. So, so here's the thing. There's, there's no way. That was of God. No way. Okay, so now, you, Tony, you're being judgmental. Okay, let me explain. Uh, let me back it up. After a little while, I got up and I walked out. I, I just let it go because it was just grinding on me that I have all these young people. But now, I had a couple of young people with me on the way home. And so I asked them, let me ask you something. This band, if you weren't at a Christian concert 
and you didn't know anything about them, would you say that that was a Christian band? No. Do you hear me? I heard them. That's the question. If you didn't know that you were at a Christian concert, if you didn't know that they're proclaiming, would you think that that was a Christian band? So my brothers and sisters, we're so enamored with the culture and we're so into, you know, let's give them the Word of God, but let's, let's make it pablum-like and, and let's make it easy and smooth and let's make it, you know, so that they'll want to be near us and all this other stuff. Jesus didn't care about anybody being near Him. What He did was He spoke the truth. And when he spoke the truth, people were automatically attracted to him. Why? He did speak something different. He spoke the truth in love. My brothers and sisters, there's a difference between me grabbing this Bible and beating somebody over the head with it, or someone having a question and saying, well, the Word says this. And this is why I believe this, because in my life... And then share your testimony. See, my brothers and sisters, remember in Revelation, the, 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 the enemy... The enemy of our soul is overcome by the blood of the Lamb. See, that's why I think we were in the blood of the Lamb for two weeks. It's, he's overcome by the blood of the Lamb that's so powerful. You have that. You're covered in His blood. He has no authority over you. He has no power over you unless you give it to Him. We want the strongholds to come down now. He's overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. You have a testimony. Many of you in this room, you know, we've, we've, we had that testimony day. We heard some. My brothers and sisters, that's what we do. We love them into the kingdom. We, get, we take care. We, we try to minister to physical needs. We, we're not going to be uh, enablers. We're not going to do that. But we are going to minister physical needs. We're going to pray for people. We're going to continue to love. But we're also going to continue to be truthful and honest. Amen? And not apologize for it. There are, I had a great conversation, a couple of them, with a good friend this week. And he, we were talking about some of the things that are happening. He said, I, uh, he said, I heard a guy, he, he was asked, um, how many genders are there? And he said, three. Okay. Really? Yeah, he said, male, female, and mentally ill. You're laughing. Gender dysphoria is actually a condition. So, my brothers and sisters, listen. I'm, I'm saying that it's a little bit lighthearted, it's a little bit funny, but we cannot be afraid. How many genders are there, Tony? Two. Hey, you know that. You're awfully intolerant. What about all these transgender people? Do you hate them? No, I don't. In fact, Jesus died for them. But here's how I know that. God said He created a male and female, created He them. Tony, could two men get married? Tony, could two women get married? No. Oh, you're so intolerant. That's bad. No, who, who, who may, who, how come you're the boss? How could you believe that? You're so intolerant. You're so, see that? You're, you're so discriminatory. You don't believe in any diversity. You man, they should be treated equal. A man shall leave his uh, mother and a woman leave her home. Marriage, God ordained in the word. One man, one woman. I don't, I don't have to sweat it. I didn't make the rule. I didn't design male and female as you are. But I know the one who did. Amen? Amen? And I know this. He's never wrong. <laughs> he never has to apologize. Amen? He does all things according to the counsel of His own will. He's the man. Amen? Hallelujah. So, the truth is so, it's so instrumental. We, we need the truth. Right? But I'm going I'm to tell you something else, okay? Once you have the truth, you have to obey it. You have to obey the truth. Knowing the truth is important. You can't let the enemy try to dissuade you like he did Eve in the garden. Well, did God really say that? No, you know the truth. You know it. You know that you know that you know. And then you've got to obey it. Uh, when I was thinking about this, and then this picture, you know what this is a picture of? Anybody guess? Yes. That's the walls of Jericho coming down. So remember in um, Joshua chapter 6, remember, God, this is a fortified, this is a stronghold. This is a stronghold of a city. It is a stronghold. And what does God say? Take all of your mighty men 
and take, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to show you how to, like Noah built an ark, I'm going to show you how to build this master weapon and we're going to break down the walls of Jericho. No. Nope. He said, get the priests out in front. <laughs> get the priests out there in front and let them march. And you're going to march around that wall one time every day for six days. But the priests go first, and they're going to be praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody else, shut up. That's the Living Bible version. You probably know. Everyone else, hush. Not a word. Don't complain. Don't second-guess God. Just do what He said. They did it. Now on the seventh day, you march around that seven times, and then on the, after the seventh, you lift up a praise, you shout to me, and guess what? It happened. It happened. The stronghold was broken. Why? Because they received the word from God. And they did it. They did it. Hallelujah. See, my brothers and sisters, we need to know this truth and we need to do it. But see, here's the other thing. As I'm reading this, I'm thinking, okay, God, you could have made it come down after the first day. You could have made it come down after the second day. Third? Nope. And not only that, God, why do we got to march seven times? Now, listen, I know that there are many numerologists and you want to give me the umpteen thousand reasons why it's got to be six and seven and all that stuff. And there might be validity in that. But in this message, I don't care. Here's what I'm saying. I know Tony. And Tony is going to say, okay, I'm going to do this, God. But man, you're God. Why does it seven days? And now remember who you have in that crowd. There are military men. There are warriors in that group. There are people who've already fought. What? March behind the priests? Yep, and shut up. My brothers and sisters, listen. We obey God and sometimes we just got to say, God, I believe you, I trust you. And even when your own flesh, your own thoughts try to betray you, is this really what God said? Or should I re- shouldn't we see results by now? You've got to go ahead and take into captivity those thoughts. Listen, and bring your obedience into perfection. Isn't that what it said in Corinthians? When our, when our obedience is complete, then we're going to... Listen, now I know what Paul is saying. I know the context that we're going to punish disobedience. I'm not here to punish the disobedience in this church. I will point it out. Don't make me. But you understand what I'm saying to you. So now watch. When we're, when we're doing that, when we stay obedient and we, we follow the Word of God and we tear down the strongholds, that disobedience is being punished right then and there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So tear down. Now I'm going to read something to you a little long. Can you give me a few more minutes? Because there's another, there's another point in here that I really, really, really want to make. And many of you will know it. I'll try to read as little as possible. How's that? In Daniel chapter 10, Jan- Daniel is getting revelation. Now, Daniel has already gotten some revelation by God. And he's gotten so much revelation in these dreams and stuff, and he has trouble interpreting. So he's praying for interpretation. And at one time in chapter 8 of Daniel, Gabriel appears to him. Remember Gabriel the angel, the same one that announced. He's the, he's the messenger. He brought good tidings uh, of grace to Mary, right? Remember that? And so now Gabriel is the messenger. Gabriel also talked to first uh, the, the father of John the Baptist, Zechariah. Remember that? He told him that he was going to have... Okay, so you know who Gabriel is. So now Gabriel appeared to uh, Daniel in chapter 8. Now in chapter 10, the same thing happens. Daniel gets another vision and he's having trouble and he can't understand the vision. So he's praying to God. And he's fasting for 21 days. He's praying to God. And, and you know, then Daniel, I'm sorry, um, Gabriel appears to him. It doesn't say Gabriel by name, but let me read and, and you'll know. I'm just going to go ahead and um, let me just read it. In, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was, uh, was revealed to Daniel whose name was uh, called Belshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. And he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, mourning three full weeks. 
Um, I ate no pleasant food, no meat, nor wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now on the 24th day of the first month, I was, uh, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of uh, upas, uh, his body was like beryl, his face was like the appearance of lightning, his eyes were like torches of fire, his arms felt like burnished uh, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words were like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone when I saw the great vision, and no strength remained in me, for, I was, for my vigor was turned into frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his, of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on, my palm, on the palms of my hands. So he's on his hands and his knees now. And he said to me, O Daniel, great and beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have been now sent to you. While he was speaking these words to me, I stood trembling. Look at verse 12 with me now. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the time, for the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had, left alone, I was, I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. Now I have, I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. My brothers and sisters, so now when I say this, you'll know exactly where I'm getting it from. So picture this. The, the great prophet Daniel, he has all of these prophets and last day prophecies. And so now he's seeing this vision and he wants to understand it, so he's praying to God. He, it's in, he, he wants to know. So he begins to fast and pray. And now when he's fasting and praying, look at what, look at what Daniel, I'm sorry, look at what Gabriel says to him. He says, your, your prayer was heard the very first day. But there was a spiritual battle going on with this king of Persia. That is the spiritual, that, that, listen my brothers and sisters, that is not some king, an evil king that was holding back the angel. That was the prince and the power of the air of that area. That was the demonic spirit battling. My brothers and sisters, remember not too long ago, we looked in Revelation, there's going to come a point when Satan, he's going to be tossed out from the heavenlies. He's been tossed out of heaven, but he still operates above the earth. He still operates, right? Come on, don't make me read Ephesians to you. Right? So now in this area, we see this is exactly what's going on here. So now Daniel is praying, but there is a stronghold. The enemy has a stronghold in an area. But because Daniel was fasting and praying and seeking the Lord, the Lord sent Michael the archangel to withstand that spirit so that Gabriel can deliver the message. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, we have to know the truth. We have to obey the truth. And sometimes, my brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you honestly, when you don't know the answer, you just have to pray. What is it, my brothers and sisters? Uh, I told you before, and I, I reestablished the prayer cards, and I really hope that you'll take advantage of them. My brothers and sisters, we need to pray. But we don't just need to pray mealy-mouth, wishy-washy. We need to pray. I'm, I'm telling you something. This, in, this ministers to me. So this past week, I've had people ask me about some things. And, you know, th there are people that are ministering to other people that are just really, their heart is just broken for other people. And they're praying for other people. And they want to give answers to other people. They're being asked questions. Or they don't know how to proceed to minister rightly. And sometimes people will ask you, ask me, ask us for answers. What, well, what should I do? What do I do? You know what? Sometimes, you know what? Here's the answer, and I could really easily give scriptures. But sometimes, my brother and sisters, honestly, it doesn't, 
it doesn't settle. It doesn't land properly. Does that make sense? It's just like, yeah, I, I, I know that and I believe that, Tony, but I need something more because there's a need right here and, and I want to I be there for this person or I want to I make sure that you know, this person is hearing from God. I want to make sure that, you know, that, we can, that, that this person gets ministered to and it, it's just so on me. It's tearing my heart up. And, and I know what the Word says, but what? Pray. Pray. See, my brothers and sisters, someone that you may be ministering to, someone, there may be a stronghold in that life. And yeah, you may minister truth to them, and you may be knowing the truth, and you may be walking in truth yourself. Daniel, Daniel was getting this absolutely miraculous, these visions from God. And, and my brothers and sisters, he had to fast and pray. What makes us, well, we were New Testament, we got the Holy Spirit and all that. That's right, we do have the Holy Spirit, so there's less excuse for us not to have this conversation with God, not to have the ministry of God flowing through us. Oh, come on, we've got children. I'm, I'm going to keep harping on it. We've got children. We've got children's children. We've got people who are near and dear to us older people in our lives who we love, who love us. We have each other who we love and who love us. We have people who are sick among us who need healing in their bodies. Oh, by His stripes, you're healed. I know that. I believe that. But in this moment, it's not, I'm not receiving the healing totally for whatever reason. Come on. Am I preaching to myself here? Do you understand that? Do you ever feel like sometimes when you're praying or you're quoting Scripture, it's hitting a brass ceiling? You want to see some results. That's me. I want to see some results. And when I'm not seeing the results, my brothers and sisters, maybe there's a stronghold that needs to be broken. I'm telling you, older people as well as younger people, if you cannot put your phone down, you have a stronghold in your life. Oh, they had to go there. I'm going there. And I'm telling you a truth. If you cannot put your phone down, if you're always this and always looking and seeing what's on TikTok, Snap crap or whatever the heck it is, I don't know all of this stuff. Please forgive me, but I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, if you're living by that, you have a stronghold in your life. Amen. You have a stronghold. And see, I, I could say, well, it's all the young people. It's not all the young people. No. So don't you know that the enemy of your soul and mind, the prince and the power of the air, is going to use technology. But we give it to him. But I can't, Pastor Tony, if I make my kids give up their phone or give up their um, you know, internet time, they're going to rebel against me and all that. Well, how about this? Easy for me to say, I don't have any kids anymore. <laughs> but I got grandkids. And there's something about Brindley and McKinley, and now soon to be Giovanni, when they grab Pop up by the hand and say, come on, Pop, we're going to play. <sighs> okay, I can't say no. I can't say no. My brothers and sisters, how about instead of arguing with them about the time that they're on it, take that time and go do something else with them. Amen. Easy to say, I know that. You're busy. You're, you're busy. I know that. But try to be a little bit creative. How about this? I don't know how to do it. I can't. I don't have time. So how about this? God, help me to stay off my darn phone and set a good example for my kids. Lord God, I'm praying to you in the name of Jesus. I need wisdom and knowledge and great understanding. Lord, I want to break this stronghold in my house. But in this moment, I don't know how. Help me, Lord. How about fasting? How about, how about doing whatever it takes spiritually? Because we have the model here. We have it. We have the pattern. We have the template. We know that the enemy has set up strongholds from our past, right? From our expectation of a future, from all of these things. And then the, the relationships, all of the things that he could possibly throw at us. Technology, we have these strongholds. Let's go ahead. How about we go ahead and we pull out all the stops? Just give it to God. Get on our knees and give it to God. Amen? Stand with me, please. I know I've gone long, uh, but I, I still want to go longer. <laughs> but he, and here's what I'd like to do. 
if you're like me, there are things that you recognize um, that have been strongholds or things that you've been praying for for quite a while. No answers yet. Or how about this? There's someone in your life who you've been ministering to or there's someone in your life that has a spiritual need. They've either asked you questions or whatever. You need some answers. You need to get a hold of God. And, that, and just like Daniel, the prayer went up, but there's a stronghold somewhere. If that's you, raise your hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 If that's you, please move down to the front. Let's pray together. Hallelujah. And listen, if you can't stand for a long time, that's fine. Sit in the front row. Let's just get together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank You so much for Your Word. Lord, help us to have a deeper understanding. Let us walk out of here, Lord, not because we feel like You've answered a prayer, but Lord, no, 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 that we understand Your Word, that we have wisdom and knowledge, Lord, imparted to us because of this prayer. Lord, there are strongholds represented in this prayer circle right now. Father, some of them may know exactly what they are, and some of them may not. But Lord, in the name of Jesus and by His blood, we come before You right now, and we ask You, Lord, that every stronghold is broken. Lord, if we have knowledge and we've refused to walk according to that knowledge, please, Lord, forgive us. Please forgive us. And Lord, we, we call upon Your grace in this time of our need to help us to walk more more fervently according to our knowledge, the knowledge that You've given us than we have ever done it before. Father, give us a sense of urgency. Father, by Your Holy Spirit, empower us to know Your will and to do Your will, just like Your Word says. Father, we put our faith and our trust in You. And while we're together, Lord, I pray there have been some strongholds, Father, in the natural, in the flesh, some some, some, some bodily things, Father, that have hindered us. And Lord, we ask You for healing. And Lord, if we don't walk out of here totally whole in our bodies, or if the person who we're praying for or healing for isn't healed immediately, help us, Lord. Give us the wisdom. Father, give us the knowledge, the understanding, and the faith to know what it is Your will and continue to align ourselves up with Your will. Father, Your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and our soon coming King. Amen? Amen. 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 If you gave it to Him, walk out of here happy because He took it in Jesus' name. Amen? By His blood, done. Now walk like it's done. Amen? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you. Love you all. Bring some people in here under each arm. And let's help some more people. Amen? Hallelujah.